Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Amen. God is good. Glory to God. You ready to slap a devil today? I'm declaring today is a national holiday. It's slap the devil day in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. We're slapping the devil today. You can go ahead and have your seats. I'm so excited about the word of God. So excited about what God is doing. Amen. God is good. So I'm going to get right into it. Y'all ready? You came with your expectations up. You came to hear a word from God. Glory to God. All right. Well, for those of you that... I pray for anybody who didn't come for that. <laughs> Let's get that settled right now. If you ain't come to hear from God, well, whatever you came for, I pray that that happens for you. But I want to add to your expectation that you hear from God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. My goodness, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this word. Give God some praise for Jay, Jason McGriff, Jay Boyd. Thank you, sir. That brother was preaching, boy. I was about to go ahead. Let's do the benediction right now. That's a, that was a word. Amen. I appreciate you, sir. Um, thank you for being here with us. Um, man, what else we need to do? I just feel like there's some hallelujah. God is good. Y'all good? God's been good to you? Yes. Yes, he has. Glory to God. You know, we go from glory to glory. God, God didn't save you to leave you where you were. He expects for you to grow and develop in every area of your life, in every area of your life. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, we're going to start um, a talk on uh, prosperity. The title of today's message is Prosperity of the Disciple, the Prosperity of the Disciple. Do we have any disciples in here? Disciples of Jesus. Amen. Your disciples making disciples, right? Amen. You know there's provision for the disciple? That means no, y'all didn't know that. There's provision for the disciple. You know, we, we do a lot of reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it talks about the, the life that God already prearranged for you to live, the work that he's already prepared for you to do. And in this prearranged life, with this prepared work, with the prepared path, there's provision already set aside for you. The scripture said, God knows our frame. He knows your makeup. He knows your beginning. He knows your end and everything in between. He knows the destiny that he has in mind for you. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that he thinks thoughts concerning us. He has plans concerning us, and they are good plans to do us good to bring us hope, that we have hope in our final outcome. That's what God's thinking about you. Amen. That's all. That's good stuff. So I get excited when I think about God preparing some stuff for me ahead of time. I get excited when I when I imagine God customizing a path for me, just for me. I get excited when I think that, you know, I've been assigned by him. He's given me an assignment and he's also given provision for me to accomplish that assignment. That's good news. 
So I want you to be equally as excited about that or even more. I want you to understand that prosperity will manifest. Prosperity will manifest. Provision will come. Tangible provision will come. As we sit in September looking into the holiday season, we got Thanksgiving and Christmas, those the New Year's. And, and um, you know, this is the time of the year. Well, all year is, but especially at this time of year, this is the time of the year that we, ce- we should celebrate. People everywhere should be celebrating family. We should be celebrating life. We should be sharing of our goods. This should be the most exciting. What does the song say? It's the most wonderful time of the year. This should be the most wonderful time of the year, right? It is for the retailers. The retailers are ready. They're already pulling out their Thanksgiving stuff and Christmas stuff already. They're ready. We need to be equally as ready or even have greater expectation. What happens during this time of year, statistically, this is the most depressing time of year. This is the most anxiety-filled time of year because in this season, there are people, I mean, just on a smaller level, there are people who want to do well for their families and loved ones, and they, they express that through, you know, what they can do financially, and because they're financially limited, they see their giving or their ability to be a blessing to their family as being limited, and it causes depression, mm-hmm. and that's not what God intended, okay? So um, from here on into December until the Holy Spirit tells me that's enough. We're going to talk about prosperity. Amen. We're going to talk about provision. And then for us, on a, and we'll see today, even beyond just the end of this year, beyond the holiday season, we'll see biblically how God has already earmarked provision for you as you be about his business. There is prosperity for the disciple. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready to hear about that? Yes. Glory to God. I believe that as a result of this message, you will approach finances, you approach provision and prosperity with a new light, with greater faith. We know faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So we'll have more faith. We'll have greater faith or more developed faith as it relates to prosperity and provision. I, I expect provision with great confidence because of what I know God said, or I know what Jesus has said about me prospering. Yes. I approach the subject with great confidence. I can pray about it with great confidence. I, I can believe it and call it in and expect it with great confidence because I know what God said about it. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. The purpose of this message is to develop your faith for finances. Okay, as a result of this message, we'll know in faith that Jesus provides for who he employs. Jesus provides for who he employs. Anybody employed by Jesus? Amen. Jesus provides for who he employs. You are a disciple. You're a disciple. When you got baptized in water, that was symbolic of your initiation. That was like, for those of you that are familiar with fraternities and sororities, that was like you crossing the line. That's what we call it. That's what y'all call it, right? Yeah. You know, 
Your, your water baptism is a symbol or it's a declaration of whose side you're on, who you part with, who you stand with. You, you being baptized in water says that I side with Jesus' party and I live my life according to his way and I do things according to the way that he did them. So as a disciple, not only am I a disciple, not only am I here to spectate, I told you that this isn't a spectator sport. I'm not just here to, to um, spectate, but I'm here to participate. So as a disciple, I'm not just here for my own blessing, but as a disciple of Jesus, I'm here because I'm blessed to be a blessing. And I'm a disciple making disciples. You see that? I'm a disciple making disciples. So I'm a disciple and I want to bring others into this faith that I have. Right. So as a disciple of Jesus, there are provisions for you to do what you've been assigned to do. And we're going to go about this walk, adjusting ourselves to seek the kingdom first. Amen. Let's start in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. I'm going to read this from the easy reader version. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse number 29. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I can promise that everyone who has left their home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farm for me and for the good news or the gospel about me, that person will get a hundred times more than they left. Y'all believe Jesus? Jesus says that any person that has left home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farm for me and for the gospel or for the good news about me will get a hundred times more than they left here in this world. Say that. You need to say that here in this world. So this isn't us hoping for what's going to happen in the by and by pie in the sky. (laughs) We ain't got to we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. You don't you can you don't have to wait for your mansion in heaven. The only you know, some people, the only gold they wishing to possess is the gold that they're going to walk on in heaven. No, he said, there's some stuff I have for you here in this world. There's some expectation that we have that we should have for what's happening here in this world. I expect provisions here in this world. I'm here, ain't I? While I'm here, I'm expecting things to happen here in this world. What what is set up for us in heaven, that's all great for when I get there. But in the meantime, I need some things to happen right here. (laughs) If not, just take me on to heaven. If there's nothing for me to expect to happen here in this world, then just go ahead and take me to heaven. If everything good that I'm expecting or everything good that he's promised is reserved for heaven, just take me to heaven. I'm so glad that he's promised some things to happen here in this world. So he says here in this world, they will get more homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and farms. And with these things, they will have persecutions. But in the world that is coming, they will also get the reward of eternal life. Now, this is what you need to understand. You can take note of this. Take note of this. All of these things, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, 
fathers, lands, farms, those things mentioned, those things represent a person's personal economy. Those are things that represent your personal economy. What do I mean by that? Those are the things that you get your provision from. You get your provision from your family and your relationships. We get provision from kin. We're sustained by kinship. We're sustained by family and relatives. We're sustained by the farm. That's our source. That represents your source of provision, right? Your economy is your system for providing for yourself. Your personal economy is the system that you use to provide for yourself. So the things that you do in order to bring provision into your house, including your house, that is your personal economy. So if you go to work, you go to work in order to, you don't just go to work to go to work. You go to work in order to get provision for your house. We don't go to the farm, you know, some, maybe some do. That's good. We need to have more farms. But we go to Publix. They go to the farm for us. Right. But you go there in order to bring provision into your house. Right. right. So Jesus says, Christ says, the master says, the teacher says, is he's saying that those of you who walk away and are willing to leave your personal economy, those of you that are willing to leave the way that you on your own, the way that you found to provide for yourself, For my sake and for the gospel, I have a system. I have a way to get you provisions that will reap you a hundred times greater than anything that you could have put together on your own. That's good news. That's good news. He says, any person who leaves their personal economy for me and the gospel will receive a better system producing a hundred times greater in efficiency. I'll give you a system that's more efficient. Oh, my goodness. Now, come on now. You know that is, I don't care what, what system you put together for yourself. There's some insufficiency in that system. It's not as efficient as it could be. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. I don't care where you are on the, the spectrum of, of financial income. I don't care who you work for. I know it doesn't matter what your title is. You can own the company. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. That's the truth of this world's economic system. Jesus says those of you that forsake or walk away from the system that you made for your own provisions, the system that you put together for yourself and join me for my sake and for the gospels, I'll give you a more efficient system. A system that is always up. There's always provision. Do you understand that? He says. Somebody help that baby out. (laughs) Jesus says, any person who leaves their personal economy for me and the gospel will receive a better system, producing 100 times greater inefficiency than the system they left. This is for the disciple. There's a condition here. This greater, more efficient system is for the disciple. Do you understand that? That's the caveat. This more efficient system is for the disciple. How many disciples are in here? So you set your faith, you set your faith to operate in a more efficient system. So no longer... Am am I relying on 
this natural system or this I'm, I'm not relying on the way that I can find out or figure out how to provide for myself because I am a disciple, because I'm employed in the kingdom. That's his job. That's God's job. That's Christ's job. I work for him. I work for him. I work for him. So my provision is his responsibility. I signed up to side with your party. My provision is now your responsibility. Even in Jesus earthly ministry, there's scripture we'll look at um, in the coming um, services that that show that there were people employed by Jesus in his earthly ministry. And there, there are accounts when they went to minister to people, and it shows that Jesus had enough resources to provide for him and their needs. Mm-hmm. It was his responsibility. He was the boss. He's still boss today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. My provision is his responsibility. Glory to God. That's good news. Go to Matthew chapter 10. We'll start at verse 9. Matthew 10. Starting at verse 9. No more hitting and missing when it comes to finances, when it comes to provision. No more uncertainty. You take notes of these scriptures, you take notes of the, the points, and, and from now on, know for sure where your prosperity comes from, how it's supposed to happen based on the Bible, and you can put, set your faith there. Yeah. Set your faith there. No more wavering, no more doubt. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he receives anything from God. And far too long, the body, believers, disciples of Christ, been double-minded about their provision, double-minded about their prosperity, not sure how it comes, when it's supposed to come, where it's supposed to come from. And we've been doing this dance between we'll trust God when we need to, but I can figure it out when I need to figure it out. Now you have, you know, brackish water. That's a mix of fresh and salt. Yeah. God doesn't need your mixture. He has a for provision to come to you. He has a way for provision to come to you. Amen. Amen. We're going to clarify it today. You excited about that? Yes, yes. Amen. Glory to God. So Matthew 10, starting at verse number nine. It says, take no gold. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, those people who have put themselves in a position where they are working with him in discipling the nation. You understand that? OK, you understand who is he talking to? So who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. How many disciples we have in here? OK, so who is he talking to? That's right. You got it? Okay, so this this is his words to you. This is his words to a disciple. He says, take no gold, no nor silver, nor even copper money in your purses or in your belts. Do not take a provision bag or a wallet for a collection bag for your journey. Don't even take two undergarments. Don't take extra provision or sandals or staff. 
What is he saying? What does this mean? What he's saying is you no longer have to provide for yourself. You're my disciple. You sided with my party. You no longer have to provide for yourself. Depend on God. Depend on God. Jesus is teaching them a new system. He's training them in a new system. He's giving them hands-on practice, on-the-job training with a new system. In the system that you're leaving, you had to figure it out on your own. You had to make provision for yourself. But in this system that I'm wanting you to work in, in this system that you're now employed in, you don't have to figure it out on your own. You don't have to provide for yourself. God will provide for you. So in this practice, in this work that we're doing, don't even take extra provision. Leave your money bag, leave your wallet and watch what God does for you. Yes, yes. This is the lesson that he's training them in. For the workman deserves his support, his living, his food. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is training his disciples in another system of provision. So what does this look like practically before you make plans to quit your job? <laughs> what does this look like for us? So when I when I you know, I've shared with you before, I, I was when I got saved or my salvation experience. Jesus reached me through purpose, giving me purpose for my life. That's the place where I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I was having a conversation with myself, by myself, minding my own business. And Jesus came and interrupted the conversation I was having with myself. I asked myself, what you going to do? Jesus said, preach. That's what changed my life. My life was changed with purpose. So as I am, you know, after just a little time, I'm now pursuing that purpose. I'm now pursuing what he's employed me. He's employing me. He said, you preach. That's your assignment. That's your job. So as I pursue that, my next prayer is, well, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? I mean, see, so what was happening, just to give you a little history, you know, I'm from St. Pete, um, grew up not right, not too far from here. And during this time that I received this, you know, we refer to it as receiving the call. During this time I received this call to preach, there were other young men who also said they were called to preach. They were a few years older than me, but I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the younger watching these guys who are a few years older than me saying that they're called to preach. I mean, there was a bunch of them, right? And they're saying they're called to preach. And what I'm witnessing is many of them who said they were called to preach Shortly after that, like the next Sunday, they preaching through whatever reason, you know, various reasons. I don't know. I don't know all the details, you know, but next thing I see is they're preaching. And some of them, even shortly after that, are pastoring. So what I saw, the example that was in front of me was, OK, you say you called to preach and then you go do it. You say this is the life you're supposed to live and then you go pastor. That's the, that's what I was seeing. So when I received this call to preach, my mindset is, well, that's what I supposed to happen. That's how God does it. Well, as I get going, you know, over some time, I realized, well, that ain't the way God wanted done for me. God had a different plan for me. So then my prayer is, OK, what do I do in the meantime? What am I supposed to do from now to the time that I am 
preaching or pastoring, what do I need to do? Because I got responsibilities, God. You know, I got some bills. Yeah. You know, at that time, the, the, um, Taylor, my oldest, was, was maybe a little younger than um, Mackenzie. And uh, so it's like, I got some responsibilities. What am I supposed to do in the meantime, in between, you know, now and, and, and then? Holy Spirit came and said, listen, I've given you two gifts, teaching and counseling. Stick to those. What that meant for me was allow, you know, st- go, you search for work within those two areas. Right. So what's happening? What's happening? I'm employed by him. How is he providing for me in this instance? He's given me direction. He's given me wisdom. It's his responsibility to bring provision for me. I'm going to be about your business, but I need to know what I need to do right now to take care of my responsibilities right now. Holy Spirit comes. He's giving me directions. So he's teach and counsel. Stick to those things. So, you know, things, op- op- you know, my family's in education and the door's open for me to go in that area. And that's why that's why I went into teaching. That's how I got into teaching. Right. So now I'm getting provision as I'm going about the assignment that God has given me. Provision is coming. That was a resource that God used his provision to flow through for me. You understand that? But understand what my my mindset, my mindset is not me trying to figure out how I'm going to provide for myself. My mindset is I have an assignment first. My assignment is first. You've given me a job to do. You've given me a calling. You've given me an assignment. I'm seeking that assignment. My my number one priority has been to do more of what God called me to do. Provision has to be your responsibility, God. You called me to this work. I'm setting my mind, my attention, my energy is here on what you called me to do, and I'm trusting you for provision. So each step of the way, He's provided. He's give, he gives instruction. He tells me to work here. You don't need to work there. There are some opportunities that came. He said, no, you don't need to do that. Why don't I need to do that? Because that's going to distract from what I called you to do. So every job or every place of employment that I accepted was in line with the assignment. I chose not to do anything that would interfere with the assignment. Teaching has great hours. Teachers have great hours. You know, teachers have great hours. I never had to worry about missing Bible study. I was off by that time and I didn't work on the weekend so I could be at service and whatever we doing on the weekend. Right. And as time went on, as time went on and, you know, there are other places that I've been employed that allowed me to do what I was called to do. And the prayer has been, okay, put me in a position where I can do more of what I've been called to do. Now, if I'm going to do more of what I've been called to do, guess what has to happen? Increase got to come. If I'm going to do more of what I've been called to do, we've got to increase it. But whose responsibility is my increase? It's his responsibility. I'm just seeking to do more of what you called me to do. And then I'm employed by you. You're going to send the increase. That's how I set my faith. Amen. Amen. This is the system that Jesus is teaching his disciples. This is the order, the priority that Jesus is teaching his disciples. Did we read Mark 10? Yeah. Did we read Matthew 10? 
Yep, we did. Good. All right. So there's provision for the journey. God will give you provision for the journey. God will give you provision for the journey that he's called you to. Now, what happens, I've experienced it. Many of you have experienced it. What happens is we take detours. (laughs) We take detours and we expect God to cover our detour. I once, you know, messed up some money. And I was crying and praying to God about it. And he said to me, he checked me real quick. He said, man, I, I, don't, I don't make no mistakes. I, he says, I am the best accountant. I'm never over budget. I'm never under budget. I have enough to do exactly what I need to do. I said, okay, I get it. You get into his system of provision and you add to you add your own stuff to what he needs to do. Now, I hope you got a way to finance that. I hope you have the way to, to take care of that. It's extra stuff, right? He has enough to do what he needs to do. A good example of that is in Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13, you can take note of it. It's the story of Abram. Remember Abram? In Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to us. To Abram, he tells him, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless your family to all families of the earth are blessed. I want you to go to this place. I want you to go to this place. Abram steps out in obedience to God. He's just put himself in God's agenda. By obeying that word from God, he's put himself in a position now where as I'm going to obey you, you, you got me covered. God shows in many ways, yes, I got you covered. I got you. As you're going about doing what I've called you to do, I got everything that you need. Abram goes through Egypt. Y'all know the story, right? Abram goes through Egypt. He's got his wife. His wife looked good. He tells his wife before they went in, listen, listen, babe. I need you to tell these guys that you're my sister. So they're going to do well by you and do well by me. If not, they're going to kill me and take you. So we got this understanding. Yeah, baby, we've got to understand it. Okay, let's go ahead and go into Egypt. They go into Egypt, and exactly what Abram said was going to happen, happened. Says the sons of Pharaoh saw Sarah and was like, whoo, this girl, fine. I don't know who that dude she with. I think that's her brother. We, hey, Pharaoh, you need to see her. Pharaoh sees her and takes Sarah. God, because God is working with Abram. Abram needs his wife in order to be a great nation. Can't have his wife taken. This is an important part of this thing happening. So God comes to Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, hey, man, that lady that you took, you better not put a hand on her or it ain't going to be good for you. You need to return her back to where she came from. That's her husband. You know, Pharaoh says, "Okay, I got it. He returns Sarah. Not only does he return Sarah back to Abram. Her name was Sarai at that time. Not only did he return Sarai back to Abram, but he loaded him down. That's what we see in Genesis chapter 13. He said, listen, no hard feelings, man. And to make sure that, you know, we good. Here, take some gold, take some silver, take some sheep. What else you need? Where are you going? You don't know where you're going? Oh, man, you need plenty of provision to get wherever you're going. You don't even know where you're going. You don't know how far away you're going. About. Now, think about that. Let's make that real. I mean, when's the last time you took a road trip? Right? I mean, if I'm going to Atlanta, I know already that Atlanta is 450 miles away from St. Petersburg. I know that I can fill my tank up one time and I can make it to Atlanta. I'll cruise in right on E. 
I make provisions before the journey. Abram didn't even know where he was going. How can he even know how much? I don't even know how much I need. I don't know where the destination is. Whose responsibility was it to provide for him? And God provided. You loaded down, Abram. Go and get where I'm sending you. Abram continued the journey, loaded down. Genesis chapter 14, we see the same thing happen. Abraham got into a battle. God's fighting for him, gives him victory. Abram left. The men that he was with had enough provision to do what they were called to do. Genesis chapter 15, God comes to Abram and says, I am your shield and your buckler. I am your provision. I am your source. King of Sodom came to Abram, said, listen, you can have all the stuff. Let me have the people. Abram said, I ain't taking nothing from you. I'm good. I've already pledged my allegiance to God. God's got me. God came in Genesis chapter 15 and said, you're right. I got you. Anything that you need, I got you. Okay. And God is saying the same thing to you. God is saying same to the same thing to his disciples today. I've got you. Anything that you need, I got you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 12, you can write this down. Exodus chapter 12, verse 35, we see the same thing happen. Moses is leading Israel out of Egypt. Before they leave Egypt, God tells them, go and ask the Egyptians for all their stuff. They're going to give you everything they got. And then folks left Egypt loaded down. Now, the thing that always puzzled me is they're going in the wilderness. Why do they need money? Ain't no grocery stores out here. Ain't no shopping. There was no trading. God didn't load them down so they can trade in the wilderness. He didn't plan on them being there for a long time. What did they need the stuff for? You need the stuff for where you're going. I'm sending you somewhere. You understand that? So they left Egypt loaded down. God provided for them as they went about his business. And I'm telling you that God will provide for you as you go about his business. Say amen, amen. to that. Amen. Glory to God. You know, in the in the, even, you know, we live in we're here in St. Petersburg. St. Peter is known as the um, one of the um, it's like the um, um, it's big on the arts. Right. It's known around the nation for the arts, maybe even around the world for the arts. Right. You go around, you drive around, you see artwork, you see the murals, you see sculptures and um, and all of these things because we're big on arts here in St. Petersburg. Understand this. Um, many, if not all, of the murals that you see and the sculptures that you see. You go downtown, you see the big artworks and the sculptures in front of the restaurants and those shops. Those are what's called commissioned work. We got some artists in here. Y'all know about commissioned work. Even poets. There are commissioned poets. Poets who are doing their work for someone else. A commissioned artist is an artist who is doing their work, using their gifts, because someone asked them to do a specific assignment. A commissioned artist is an artist who was approached by an individual or organization, and that organization or individual asked them, I need you to do X, Y, Z. I need you to paint a picture for my wife, and I'm commissioning you. I'm giving you the authority, and I'm giving you the resources you need to do what I've asked you to do. They're commissioned. Just like a commissioned officer in the military, a commissioned officer has a specific assignment. And because they've accepted that assignment, every provision they need to get it done is provided for them. They don't have to go and get it on their own. But the person who has commissioned them provides it for them. 
You go and you enlist in the military. We'll provide your housing. We provide allowances. You, we provide your uniform. We provide your weapon. We provide your ammunition. You don't have to go get your own ship. I got a ship for you. It's all provided because you're commissioned. We know at the end of uh, Matthew, Matthew 28 and Mark chapter what, Mark chapter 16. What do we call though? We call it the Great Commission. Why? Because it's the it's the place in the Bible where Jesus is commissioning his disciples. He's giving them a specific assignment. He's giving them a work to do. When you signed up and said that Jesus is your Lord, you signed up as a disciple, you became commissioned. You're commissioned by him. That means that I'm not a freelance artist. What's the difference? Freelance artists are doing what they do on their own. I'm not freelance. I am commissioned. I've been asked to perform a specific assignment, and the one who's asked me to perform this assignment is also providing for me so that I can get the job done. That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. We are commissioned, and the one that's commissioned us will provide for us. And and at the end of uh, Mark 16, verse 20, it says they went about doing what they were commissioned to do, Jesus working with them. Jesus working with them. Jesus working with them. The one who commissioned us is also working with us in everything that we do. Oh, glory to God. Everything that we do, according to what we've been commissioned to do, Jesus is working with us. That's good news. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You believe that? Say amen. Amen. You receive that? Say I receive it. Hallelujah. What does it mean to prosper? To prosper simply means to do better. To prosper means to do better. To prosper means to do better. To prosper in in school means to do better. To prosper in your grades means you're doing better. To prosper in sports means that you're just doing better. I'm doing better this time than I did last time. I'm prospering. To prosper in your finances means that I'm doing better. Even if it is a 10 cent raise, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I'm prospering. God expects for you to prosper. God has plans to prosper you. God wants you to do better in every area of your life. God expects for you to do better. God expects for you to prosper. Amen. Amen. Say, I prosper. I I do better better. in every area area. of my life. life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, in the kingdom, your prosperity is for a purpose. There is no arbitrary prosperity. Everything has a purpose in God. God says, I'm not a friend of a waster. God doesn't waste anything. Everything is, he's intentional. You know, everything is intentional. (laughs) He does everything with a purpose. Everything has a reason. Right? So your prosperity has purpose. There's purpose for you doing better. There's purpose for you doing better. There's purpose for you doing better. There's purpose for your increase. Deuteronomy 8.18, you can write it down. Deuteronomy 8.18, he says that I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm empowering you to get wealth. I give you power to get wealth. Wealth, let me define wealth for you. Wealth 
is measured in the amount of time you can continue to live the lifestyle you've been living without receiving any more income. Wealth, your wealth is measured in the amount of time that you can continue living like you've been living, even if you don't receive any more income. So you got a little pile of money saved up. Your wealth is, in, is measured in how long can you go living off the pile of money that you got saved up. Right? If all I got in my savings is $1,000, how long can I keep living the way that I've been living with $1,000? If you're grown, not too long. <laughs> not too long. That's how you measure wealth. How long can you keep doing what you've been doing without receiving any extra income, right? So wealthy people, we call wealthy people, wealthy people are people who can continue living a long time on what they have stored up. You got that? That's wealth. I believe that children, children at home, are in the greatest position, or even college students, are in a great position to operate in this system that Jesus is teaching because they have, they have very little demands. They have room to put themselves in a position where I'm going to sow this seed and I'm going to trust God for harvest. And they can make a living like that. There's a system, we'll get to it, where God has established where you can make a living by your giving. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. But understand that part of the trouble, part of the reason the body of Christ hasn't experienced prosperity the way that God has planned for us is because we confuse, we, we, we're confused. We don't understand the systems. We don't understand, we don't understand that there is, there is anointing. God has ordained your natural work. God has ordained what you do, your natural work. Your natural work. God ordained work. Labor. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do stuff like be diligent, show up on time or before time and stay late. We don't understand that that is ordained of God. And a part of your provision is on how you do your thing in the natural. We don't understand that what you produce should be of a certain quality consistently. Consistently. Not every now and then, but you should produce consistent excellence because we don't want to discipline ourselves to produce consistent excellence. As long as nobody's watching, nobody ain't said nothing, I can, have, I can be at work but really have this day off. And we operate like that and expect God to bless us because we sowed a seed. But not understanding that yeah, you're sowing seed, but you ain't operating even naturally the way that you're supposed to. And the waters get muddied and you wonder why you have reaped according to how he said you should reap. Mm. We'll get there.
Wealth is measured in the amount of time you can continue to live on what you have without receiving any more income. And then that scripture ends in verse 18. It says that he may establish his covenant, the purpose of the wealth, the purpose, the purpose of me empowering you to get the wealth is so that I can establish my covenant. There's always a purpose for it. The purpose of you getting wealth, the purpose of me empowering you to get wealth is so that I can establish my covenant. You got that? He still has the purpose for your prosperity. He still has a purpose for your prosperity. So in order to get in the flow, I heard somebody say in order to get in the flow, you got to get in the know. What that means, in order to get in the flow, you got to have your mind aligned. You have to have your purpose aligned. There's a purpose for the prosperity. In our house, our prayer is to have enough money to have time to do more of what God has called us to do. That's our confession. That's our prayer. We want to increase so that we can do more of what God has called us to do. Right. I believe that you should have faith. You should set your faith on being able to do more. What's necessary for you to do more of what God has called you to do? What's necessary for you to do more of what God has called you to do? Purpose determines your prosperity. There is an amount There is an amount God has reserved for you. Purpose determines prosperity. Right. So we get back on this purpose and people get confused about their purpose. Well, I mean, just let me give you the answer to that. Your purpose is to serve the kingdom. Your purpose is to serve the kingdom. You show up to serve the kingdom. You start in the general. So you're serving the kingdom may look like ushering. Your serving in the kingdom may look like um, ministry of helps. Your serving the kingdom may look like intercessory prayer. That, you know, you stay faithful to whatever is put in your hands. In serving the kingdom, you stay faithful in the general, you'll get to the specific. You stay faithful in the general area, you'll get to the thing that God has gifted and equipped you for. You show, you show up faithfully, you get the assignment. Right? But it all, all of it boils down to serving the kingdom. All of it boils down to serving the kingdom. You stay faithful over what God has put in your hand. He will lead you to the, import, the more specific thing. You understand that? Yeah. Okay. All of it's important. Scripture says don't despise the small things. Right? Prosperity follows purpose. Purpose is simple. Serve the kingdom. Show up to do the general and you will find the specific. Your purpose determines your prosperity. Purpose determines prosperity. Say that. Purpose. Purpose determines your prosperity. And what is your purpose? To serve the kingdom. kingdom. What's your purpose? Your purpose is to serve the kingdom. So hear me. Disciples. Hear what I'm saying to you. As a disciple, you switch systems. As a disciple, you've switched systems. If you are a disciple, but you're still operating like somebody in the world trying to figure it out on their own, then you're confusing the systems. Let not that person think that you can't receive from the system that God has for you. 
Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things and all those other things, all the things that you need, all the things that the people outside of the system, all the stuff that they got to worry about. I'll add that to you. I'll add that to you. As a disciple, you've switched kingdoms. Your priority is not figuring out how I'm going to meet my own need. Your priority is how can I serve the kingdom? Your prosperity is connected to that purpose of serving the kingdom. As you faithfully serve the kingdom, God will give you every provision you need to do what he's assigned for you to do. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to stop right there. Mm. It's hard for me to stop right there, but I'm going to stop right there. Goodness. Stand on your feet. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.